Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Good morning once again. And again, as Pastor Scott said, thank you so much for braving the elements. And uh, we have people that came all the way from Canada, as they put it, just to be here. They fought through the snow, through the treacherous weather of Canada, through the hurricanes of North and South Carolina, just to be at church this morning. So, man, let's give them a round of applause today. And all of you guys, all of you guys that, that made the journey, we're, we're quite thankful. If you're visiting with us for the first time uh, on the handout you were given, uh, is a place to just let us have some information about you. You can turn that in at the Welcome Center before you uh, leave the building today. And then on the other side is a place to let us know how we can pray for you. So please take advantage of those and all the other information there. And then uh, in one of the areas there on one side is a place to take notes. So grab that, follow along, because we are cranking out a new study this morning. We're venturing out, launching into it. Those of you that are watching us, grab something to take notes on. Uh, escape rooms have become very popular over the last several years, and, and they're a lot of fun. How many of you have ever been to an escape room and, and got a group of people together, went in there and tried to beat the clock and get out of the room and, and go through all the, uh, the clues that they have? And, and that's a lot of fun. I've been a couple of times. We thoroughly enjoyed that. It, it gets your mind really working on finding those clues, and, and, and that's, that's a good time. But what's not a lot of fun is being trapped inside of some particular sin, addiction, or struggle. I mean, that, that's never fun. Uh, the despair, the pain, the hopelessness that, that all that brings is, is not enjoyable. And we've all experienced the pain of, of those things in our lives. So today we wanted to kick off the study by looking at the area of escaping temptation. Any of you ever dealt with temptation at all in your life? I mean, okay, that's a good chance for every one of us. Uh, you, were, you were faced that this morning. You, you, you got up, you looked out, everything's still in place. It hadn't been blown away or, or washed away. And, and, and you thought, wow, you know, we, we survived the night. But then you started thinking, you know what? It's church day, but my bed's feeling really good. I mean, you know, it'd be real easy just to turn back over and say, I'm going to pray for them from here and, you know, hope they have a great morning together, but I'm not budging. I mean, it is raining after all. It's not the, the nicest, you know, of sunny days outside. So, but you, you overcame that temptation. So I should maybe sit down and let you guys come up here and, and teach this this morning because you've already made a good step. Those of you at home, shame on you. Just, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We told everyone we don't want you to take any risks that you didn't feel comfortable with. So, you know, we all deal with temptation, and, and it's a subject that's very well known in our society. Hollywood even had a reality show years ago called Temptation Island. See, some of you are hesitating to even say it, like you've never heard of it. You remember the, the TV show, Temptation Island? Well, they put these people on this island, and, you know, gave them opportunity to do things that they should not be doing and, you know, to see who stood the test of temptation and who gave in. How many of you watched that show? I got you. You shouldn't be raising your hand. I'm just messing with you. Just kidding. It's okay. It's okay. We're all, we're about grace. We're about grace. And, and before that, they used to, you know, portray temptation in someone's life on, on the television screen or, or the big screen with what on each shoulder? An angel on one shoulder and a little devil-looking creature on the other shoulder, and, and each of them's whispering in the ear, do it, don't do it. Yeah, go for it. Don't go for it. And so you were in the middle of that, that tug of war, being tempted by whatever it was 
that was coming at you at the moment. Research recently shows that over 60% of Americans, now, now get this, are living in a state of noticeable and debilitating temptation to some form of harmful struggle, anxiety, or worry, and the fear and dysfunction that usually comes with it. Not even counting those who do a really good job of, of hiding it in their lives. So what we understand from these numbers is that this is a huge issue. It's a big challenge in all of our lives. We all struggle and face temptation. But here's what I want you to really grab a hold of right now. Through our great God and His powerful Word and the Holy Spirit, there is hope and there is help. Would you tell somebody that around you right now? There's hope and help. I saw a good little meme this week on something somebody posted. It was a little small pew. How many of you remember pews in churches? Little wooden seats. It was a little one-person pew that was in front of the rest of the bigger pews behind it. And the meme said, for the person that just hates to tell their neighbor anything. And boy, I felt really good. And my wife, she's raising her hand right now. That, that's my, my seat. So I'm going to try not to tell you, turn and tell your neighbor that, but you know me, the temptation is too great. <laughs> I'm probably going to give in to it. So we know that it's a big issue, but we know that through our great God, there is hope and there is help. And, and so what does it take for us to overcome and be victorious and successful? Because I don't know about you, but I need to know that in my life. Because I am just like you, and every single day, I face some amazing temptations. Some not so big, but some really big. Some small ones, and every size in between. So, first of all, in your outline there, I just wanted you to know that we've got to understand that it comes at every single one of us. Nobody's exempt. Temptation is, someone wrote, is a thread that joins us all together as human beings. Temptation levels the, uh, the playing field. It started in the garden with Eve, and it hasn't stopped or even slowed down since that time. And we are all susceptible to its attraction, and we, we can all be equally devastated when we yield to its seduction in the wrong areas. Some of the biggest battles you will deal with in your entire life involve overcoming temptation, but you already know that sitting here this morning or watching today. We all do all too well. Please know this today as well. Being tempted is not a sin. Would you write that down somewhere? Being tempted is not a sin. But it's when we yield to the temptation for sinful things and partake of it that it becomes sinful. How many remember this great, amazing guy named Jesus, huh? Of course we do. He is the captain of our salvation. He's the son of the living God. And the Bible tells us that even Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. How many of you remember that account? He had just come off this 40-day fast. Man, he was hungry. Some of us have a hard time going 40 minutes without food. How many of you were stuck inside yesterday and you're kind of glad to be getting out of the house today and, and, and you st were stuck inside watching TV and binge eating? Not just binge watching, but you're eating everything in sight. We got some honest people in here. It's great. Jesus was hungry. He'd just come off this 40-day fast. I can't even fathom that. And as soon as he did, the Bible tells us that the enemy, Satan himself, came to him and tempted him. Hebrews 4.15 tells us this, for we, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. There's the difference. He never yielded. He never gave in. He was tempted, just like we are, but he didn't cross the line, and he did not partake of whatever it was 
that the enemy was tempting me with. James chapter 1 verse 12 tells us, blessed is the person who perseveres, or you could literally say stands up to it under trial or temptation. Because when they are when they have stood the test, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to all of those who love him. So being tempted is not a sin. And, and a lot of people are relieved by that because they think that something's wrong with them because they face temptation. They battle with it every day, just like we all do. So I want everybody to understand that. Be clear of that right now. That it's not a sin to be tempted. The sin comes in when we say yes to those things we have no business dealing with. And, and I love this little verse out of James that says we're going we're gonna to receive the crown of life as the prize. But, but also it hit me this week that there are other prizes that come with standing strong in, in the face of temptation. Things like, like this. Uh, like we, we not only get the, the ultimate prize, but we get the prize of peace of mind. Man, how great is that? That lets you lay down at night and just whoop, go off to sleep and never have a worry in the world. You sleep in that peace. You, you live in peace daily. Or what about this? A clear conscience. Man, how valuable is that? Knowing that you didn't cross the line. You didn't compromise. You didn't give in. You have nothing to hide or be ashamed of. But you're clean inside and, and your conscience is, is, is right with God. Not destroying ourselves or those that, that we love or those people that love us or damaging relationships. Man, that's a great prize. So many good things come by not yielding to temptation. Last night, I don't know about y'all, but on the weekends, we love watching these Dateline murder mysteries. You ever, you ever get into those and kind of check those out? I mean, we really live it up on the weekends at our house. We go, we go big. We watch Dateline. And last night, man, there was this Dateline show on, and it was about this, this middle-aged guy, and he and his wife, just normal family, had three kids, and the kids were, you know, about grown. They were at that older teen and, and young adult stage of life, and, and this dude, man, all of a sudden, his wife is blown up in a car bomb, but she survives. And, and as the, the detectives get on the case and they're, they're investigating who did what and why it happened and all that, because everybody loved this, this lady. I mean, no, no enemies whatsoever. And as it all came down, and which my wife, she's really good, about five minutes into it, she said, it's the husband. I'm like, don't, don't spoil it. I mean, you know, come on, we got like an hour left to go. So of course they get down into it and it's the husband. Turns out this guy had been having an affair with some other lady in another state. He had been flying there for work purposes, as he put it. And so he's living this double life. And then it all comes out. He tried to get rid of his wife by putting a bomb in her car. She survived. The police figured it out. This guy's in prison right now. And here's the thing that hit me. They showed courtroom footage of each one of his children standing up, hands shaking, reading from a piece of paper, but not, not really reading from it. Tears pouring down their face saying, from this day forward, I will have nothing to do with this man who is my father. Someone who could go to these depths, someone who could do this and try to, to, to destroy our mother, to, to rip our family apart. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, how do you think this guy feels? And you know, it just started with probably a, a little wink and a hello, and we're going to talk about that more in a minute. But listen, the prize is not only that we get the, the crown of life that Jesus has promised us, but there are so many other prizes that we get right here and we don't have to wait for. 
And one of those is the prize of relationship that's not destroyed, that's not broken, that we don't hear our kids stand up in a courtroom and, and disown us in that way. Man, how tragic that is. But so many people are living in that kind of deception. Know this, we all face temptations, every one of us. No one is immune to that. But secondly, please also understand this, that temptation comes in many forms. Verse 2 of James chapter 1 tells us to count it all joy, my brothers, when you face various temptations. I just want to stop right there and think, well, how could, how could he even write that? Be joyful when temptation comes? I mean, you, you got to, if you just stopped and that was all that you read, you would have no clue of why he's saying that and how he could even dare say that. I mean, most of us want to celebrate when we don't have temptation, when there is no tribulation, when there are no trials. We, we get really excited then because it's like smooth sailing. But here James is writing for us to be joyful, to celebrate, to be glad, to, to embrace those things. How is that even possible? Let's, let's keep reading. He kind of tells us why. In, in verse 3, he says, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And listen to what he goes on and says in verse 4. And it's a payoff here. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So instead of trying to run from temptation and trials, instead of trying to avoid those at all costs, here's what James is saying. Bring them on. Because they only make me better in Christ Jesus. They only strengthen my resolve when I handle those the correct way. And we're going to talk about that a little more in just a few moments. But whenever we embrace those and stand strong in the face of temptation, it empowers us. It grows us. It stretches. It builds spiritual muscle. Now, he says we're going to face various temptations. That's really what I want to hit on. It's kind of like a Whitman's Sampler. How many of you are like me and you love some good chocolate? How many of you know that the season is coming? Christmas. When you're going to see Whitman's Samplers everywhere in the stores, and those things are going to be flying around offices and home parties, and people are going to be giving them out like crazy. But how many of you also kind of have figured something out? There's a lot of different types of chocolate in that one box. Now, some of you may struggle with, with, with drugs. Some of you may have these, these thoughts that just keep going through your mind to betray someone. Or, or you might, might have these compromising situations that you, you deal with. You might have a, a struggle in your life with a poisonous word that you're either trashing somebody or you're there spreading rumors or you just love to gossip. I, I don't know. Maybe it's lying for you. Maybe you're a cheat. You can't be honest to save your life. I, I don't know. Maybe it's sexual sin or lust or, or maybe it could be arrogance. I don't know what your struggle is. But I do know what James wrote, that they come in various assortments. There's a lot of different struggles that we have. comes in many forms. Sparking a fierce, as someone put it, winner-takes-all battle for our souls that, that has one goal, and that is to cause us to stray off the path that leads to godly living. Listen, there are no shortage, no shortages of temptations. And all of us struggle with some or, or, or others. And I believe the temptations are numerous because what is tempting for me may not be a problem at all for you. And what's a problem for you may not bother me one bit. You ever notice that? You ever looked at your, your friend or, or your, your family member and say, how do they not struggle? How is that not an issue in their life? 
And here's the funny thing. They're probably looking at you and saying the same thing. Why don't they struggle with this like I do? I, I don't understand it. The reality is it's something different or some things different for every single one of us. But each of us, be assured, has something or some things that are extremely tempting for us that we deal with. Just like that Whitman sampler. Now, some of you like the chocolate-covered strawberry and fruit flavor that's found in there. Where are my fruit people? I thought you were a little fruity. Some, some of you, some of you like the, the caramel center, the, the nougat, the whatever you call it. Man, that's, that's the good stuff, right? That, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm living right there in Caramel City. Now, some of you, you, you like the, the, the nuts, the chocolate-covered nuts, that, the, the almonds and stuff. And then some of you are just nuts, period. I don't know what happened there, but we all like something different. There, there's different temptations that come at us. How many of you are this person that the box lid's gone, you don't know what's in them, so you just start grabbing them, taking a bite out of each one. Nope, don't like that. Nope. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bingo. There's a good one. I'm going to eat the, the rest of that one. And, and so the next person comes along, opens the box, and there's like, you know, 12 half-eaten little pieces of chocolate. We'll deal with that next week. Write that down, P. Scott. We don't want to forget that. Whatever it is, they can be a, a tough opponent to us. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand, number three, that its process is always so predictable. James states in, in verses 12 through 15, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We talked about that. Then he goes on and says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his what? Own desire. That, that's the stuff that, that messes with, with us that we just talked about as individuals. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth what? That's not a good, good ending. And James says it all starts with desire. What a, an amazing thing desire is. Because it can be good. It can be very good. Lord, I desire to know you more. How many of you say that? That's a good desire. God, I desire to grow closer to you. I want to be stronger in you. God, I need more of you. I need to be full of you. Those are good desires. How many of you are married in this room? You say, baby, I desire that we are closer to each other every single day than we were the day before. Now, guys, remember that. I could get you some brownie points. And that's a good thing because husbands should love your wives as Christ loves the church. And that's an all-out lay-your-life kind of down love that I just said that wrong, but it's okay. You understand? It's an all-out lay-your-life down kind of love. I did say that right. Anyway, I'm not going to say it again, but you know what I'm saying. That's a good desire. There are good desires, but there are desires that can get us in a whole heaping mess of trouble. Embezzling from your work because you just love to have money. And sometimes it's a thing where you don't actually need that money because they pay you pretty good and, and you got your bills covered and everything's taken care of, but something inside you just wants and desires more money. And if you've got to take a shortcut to get it, well, hey, you're at the point that that desire is leading to enticement. Any, any fishermen or fisherwomen in here? Maybe that's the right way to say it. I don't know. You know that the secret to fishing is enticing the fish to bite the hook. 
So you try to make it as appealing as you can, as natural to their habitation as you can. If they, if they eat minnows, then you want to put a minnow on the hook. If they like worms, you want to put a worm on the hook. If they like, you know, my grandma used to put together hamburger meat and bread. And, you know, surprisingly, they like that. Thought more of you would laugh at that. That's kind of odd. So it's enticement. Something there to lure or draw you towards it. And when that happens, James said, then the next step is conception. That, bam, if you partake, there's a conception. There's a, there's a, a thing that is, is birth because that's the next thing. The conception of sin in the heart leads to birth of something. And the birth of that something is the sin. And I wrote down here, at this point, the monster lives. The monster comes alive. It's been born. It's been birthed. And then, the, then he finishes by saying, sin grows stronger and fully grown sin brings forth death. Folks, that's the process of temptation and sin when it goes the distance. There is a great theologian that I've studied for, gosh, since I was a kid, by the name of Bernard Fife. You may know him as Barney Fife on the Andy Griffith Show. And and, and he was talking to, to Andy about how to deal with Opie when Opie was having some problems. He said, Andy, I'm going to tell you, here's what you have to do. You've got to nip it. Nip it, nip it, nip it. You've got to nip those things in the bud. Listen, guys, that's a pretty good truth. When you have that first vi vision, when, you, when it's in your range of sight, then what you need to do, if you know that some stuff is going to lead when the full cycle comes to path, it will pass. If it's going to lead to this thing called death, then I'm telling you right now, you better get on up and get out of Dodge and nip it in the bud. Whatever you got to do, if you got to phone a friend like they used to do on that game show and say, hey, man, I, I just saw something that I don't need to be dwelling on. I don't even need to have it in my mind. You got to help me. You got to call out to God, help me. Whatever you got to do, you got to do like Barney said and nip that stuff. Stop it in its tracks. Because the payoff is total devastation if it runs the full cycle. Folks, that's the process. It, it's always been the process. The, the pattern has always been the same. So how do we do with that? How, where are we at with that? Let, let me just give you two, two quick biblical examples that you're pretty familiar with already. And the first one is a guy by the name of Samson in Judges chapters 13 through 16. That's where his, his story, his testimony is found. And, and, and the reality of it, just a quick summation, is Samson played around with temptation to sin. And he wasn't strong, and he gave in to sin constantly. And the bottom line of it is it cost him dearly. And on top of that was a very, very poor testimony for the kingdom of God. Not only we bring destruction to our lives and those around us that care about us, but also, man, we, 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 give, we give the kingdom just, just a, a really bad testimony. People are like, well, that's what Christianity is all about. I don't want anything to do with it. If that's how Christians act, then count me out. And that was the summation story of Samson. And his was, was lust and it was sex and, and all that stuff that, that, that he should have stayed away from, that he was literally playing with fire. And man, did it burn him. Amazing feats of strength that would, 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 would come when, when the Holy Spirit would come upon him and, and he would kill numerous enemy troops just with his bare hands and all these great miracles that took place. But boy, was he susceptible to sex and sexual sin. 
On the other hand, there's a guy by the name of Joseph, and we find his story in Genesis, Genesis 37 through 47. We also find Joseph here on the front row, which we love him too, and what a, what a blessing he has. But, but this other Joseph here, he, he was a young man who was sold in, into slavery by his own brothers, and they told their dad that he had been killed by a wild animal. He had been mistreated, and, and, and he had been falsely accused on numerous times. And, and, and his, his, his master, who he worked for, Potiphar, his wife kept coming after him because she wanted him to sleep with her, and, and she wanted to have him. And, and while the, the, the owner was away, then the wife would play and all that kind of stuff. But he refused time and time again. And finally, she went to attack him and grabbed at him, and, and all she got was his outer garment. He left that behind and he ran away and he said, I will not dishonor my master. And, and we think, man, he, he was, man, what, a, what a bold statement to say about Potiphar, the guy he worked for, but he was not only talking about Potiphar. The big picture was he was talking about, I will not betray my master, my God, the one I serve and I love, the one that has my allegiance. So the Bible said he ran away and he was falsely accused by her. She said he came to try to attack her and, and he ended up in jail, but he never badmouthed anybody. He never grumbled. He never complained. He just kept doing what honored God. And, and at the end of the story is God put him second in charge of all the land serving under Pharaoh. And he was able to go back and, and have reconciliation with his brothers who God brought to them because they needed food. And many of you know that story, but, but what a life that honored God in every way. And here's a, a huge part of that. Look at me right now. He beat temptation. He beat it. He overcame. He said no. He ran away. He did whatever he had to Listen, folks, number five in your outline simply says, we've got to understand the way of escape because it is always. And I want you to write that word, always. It is always there. As a matter of fact, God's word says it, so when God's word says it, it is so. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that no temptation has seized us except what is common to man. In other words, you're not going to face anything that nobody else hadn't already faced, as we say here in the South with that, that kind of lingo. You're not being hit with anything new that nobody else, well, you've never dealt with what I'm dealing with. Yeah, we have. Well, nobody's ever walked down this road I'm walking. Yeah, they have. I mean, it says it right here. It's common to man. Whatever's coming at you has happened to other people. And then it goes on to say, and God is faithful. Man, that's a message right there. You can just say that every single day. You can wake up, God, you are faithful. Hallelujah. God, you will never, never let me down. You are faithful and true and righteous and good. Woo, that's, that's a great message. But let's move on. I can't camp out there. And he says this, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, catch this church, you don't want to miss it. He will also provide a way out so you can stand up under it. There's always a, an escape. There's always an exit. There's always a getaway. There's always an answer. To whatever you're going through. We all face temptation. God has promised that regardless of what the temptation may be, he will make a way of escape. It does not have to destroy us. We don't have to fall into that trap of sin. We can escape from every temptation that knocks on our door. You can, and you can, and you can, and you can, every one of us. It's not for the super spiritual. It's not for the pastors or the clergy 
Well, that's, that's pretty official, isn't it? Clergy. It's not for the Sunday school teachers only. It's for every single person who calls on the name of Christ. Everyone who is bought with that precious blood. Everyone who claims the promises of God. Every one of us. Everybody literally has the escape. God says it's there. Let me give you some quick escape strategies as we wrap this up. Number one, pray before you're tempted. <laughs> Whew, that makes good sense, doesn't it? Pray before you're tempted. Prepare yourself. In other words, get ready. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. Each day, get up. God, help me. God, help me through this day. Help me face the, the temptations, the, the adversities, the, the struggles, whatever, whatever life wants to throw, whatever the enemy wants to throw, whatever I want to open my dumb mouth at times and, and kind of get myself, whatever. Protect me from that. God, help me. How many of you are like me and you need all the help you can get, right? We all do. And then secondly, flee. Because I'm going to tell you, it's better to take a run than, than a nasty fall. And that's exactly what Joseph did. When you're in a situation and something inside your spirit, that Holy Spirit that resides in there is telling you, this ain't right, get out, run, hit the door, do what you got to, hit the road, get, get to moving, get to stepping, run for us, run, whatever the case is, get out of there now. Don't linger. Because something inside you can be like, you, you okay? You can handle, you ever heard that crap? Excuse my French. You can handle this. Run. Third, know and quote Scripture like Jesus. You know your word. You know the truth. And the Bible says it's the truth that will set you free. Enemy came at Jesus. He just quoted Scripture. It is written. It is written. It is written. He knew. He was the incarnate living word of God. We've got to know our word so we can Fend off all the lies of the enemy. Fourthly, pray during the temptation. How about that? Not only before, but during. You're going to just keep praying. Just, just stay in that mode of prayer. And five, get a brother or sister to stand with you and pray with you. Let them know your struggles. Don't hold it all inside. Don't fight the battle alone. And six, ask someone to hold you accountable. Let someone that you trust, that you know don't have that gossiping tongue, going to be going out spreading your business everywhere. Let them know, hey, these are the two areas of my life I struggle in big time. This is it for me. This is my stuff that I, I battle on a regular basis. Would you help keep me accountable? I love it that some of you have done that. You've actually practiced that. You're practicing it right now. You make calls to people every single day. They make calls to you. You see them. You meet them for coffee. You meet up and grab a sandwich, and, and you sit down, and you talk about the stuff you struggle with, and they are, they're allowed to ask you the hard questions. Find that partner that can help hold you accountable. Number seven, always remember God's faithfulness. God is faithful. As Paul wrote here in chapter 10, verse 13, we just read through, God is faithful. Never forget that. He will have that way of escape there for you. Never forget that. Number eight, remind yourself that sin has its consequences. Is it worth all of this? I mean, put it out on the table. Put your stuff out there. God, you've blessed me with all this. You, you've, you've poured all this into my lap. You've, you've helped me. God, get to these things. These are things that, that are a blessing to me in my life. And here's what's at stake. If I bite this apple, all of this is going to go away. And it's not just going to disappear quietly into the night. 
No, it's going to go away in an ugly fashion. There are going to be kids standing up in a courtroom with tears running down their face saying, I disown that man that supposedly gave birth to me with my mom. He is no longer a part of my life. I don't ever want to see him, and I never plan to talk to him again in my life. That's not quietly sneaking into the night. That is painful devastation, heartbreak, and death. So please understand everything that's at stake, not to mention the testimony of who God is in your life. Remind yourself that sin has consequences always. And then lastly, keep your armor on. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, Paul wrote, against every enemy. Have your sword ready, the sword of truth, the word of God. Stay strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let the Holy Spirit permeate your life. Let him be your guide, your source, your power, your strength, your everything. Always be on guard and battle ready. Always. Don't let up. Don't take the foot off, off the gas. I played ball for a lot of years. We'd have teams down big time. And your family members and your friends are out there in the stands going, can y'all let up on them a little bit? Just, y'all have already got them beat. And it's something they didn't understand that all it takes is a spark. All it takes is a mistake, an error, a rallying point, something. And a team can come back from, from the dead almost. How many of you remember the Super Bowl? couple years ago, wasn't it? The Patriots were up by a thousand points on who was it? I don't remember. And they came back in the second half. But you got your foot on the throat. You might as well just go ahead and finish the job. You don't let up. You don't take your foot off the gas. You don't put it in, in cruise as, as a Christ follower. You don't just ease on through life, man. We've always got to be battle ready. And listen, the last thing I put on your outline there is simply this. What do you want the most? I mean, do we have a sincere desire to escape and not give in to the sins that come knocking at our door? Paul wrote these words as we close. If you just close your eyes for a moment. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. Therefore we make it our aim, our desire, our, our pursuit, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to our God. We make it our push, our aim, our desire, our everything to please and honor God. Many people fail to endure the temptation to sin and succumb to the same inducement again and again because they really do not want to do any different when it boils down to it. What about you? What about me? Do we really want to escape the temptations to sin and, and violate the the commitment and the relationship with God that we have? Because folks, I'm telling you, there is help and there is hope. And we've talked about that in the last few minutes. And I just want to ask you with your eyes still closed for just another moment in this room before we worship God again in song one more time and finish our time together. If you're in here and you truly struggle with something in your life that, that has continued to trip you up, knock you down, hurt you, harm you in your walk with Christ and your growth and your maturity. 
And you're saying this morning, Pastor, you know what? The Holy Spirit is, is, is just pushing me right now. I can, I can almost physically feel it, but definitely in my spirit. To find freedom and help. To escape that. Would you just raise your hands right now across this room and say, pray for me right now. Remember me in this closing time. Thank you, sir. 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 Yes. Yes. God's working in the lives of some men right now this morning across this room, but I believe he's working in some lives of our, our, our ladies in here as well. Anybody else that would say, don't forget me, raise your hand right now as well. We, we want to pray for, for all of us. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I want to ask this. I want everyone to stand to your feet, whether you raise your hand or not. If you raise your hands, I, I want you to come and just meet me right here. Right here at the front of this church. And I want you to stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And here's what else I want to ask. I want to ask everybody else who will make a step and come down and stand with your brothers right now at the front of this church to make your way down right now. Brothers, sisters, it doesn't matter. We're family. Would you just come right now and rally around these folks right here? I, I want some of you to, to kind of face these, these gentlemen right now and, and some men just to come around and I want you to just let them know. Just if you don't know them, find out their name, tell them your name, and I want you to just to pray for them personally for a few moments before I pray over all of us corporately. I need another gentleman to come right here and pray with this, this young man right here who's going to come and make that step. Come here. Come here and help us right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, right here. Thank you, Dave. Just take a few moments and begin to pray one for another. you're praying for these folks um, and God's doing this this thing in their lives right now I just I just had this mental picture of of a car that had fallen on someone and they've been trapped under that weight helpless in and of themselves crying out just feeling the pressing of that that heaviness and that that death that just was was crushing them but but what I see is is our great God come and lift up that that vehicle and and 
pull you out from under that. Just I, I see that as, as you're praying right now. I, I just feel like that, that that's the, the mental picture that the Holy Spirit put into my heart for, for you guys that, that have made this step down front and for some others that maybe you didn't, but God's dealing with your heart. He's, he's doing a work of, of releasing that weight and that heaviness of, of continual falling in that, that same area or areas that, that's been your stuff, your struggle. Right now, that freedom has come. That rescue is there. And that newness of life, God is just pouring. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for loving us so much and allowing us to come out, God, and brave the weather and the elements today. And, and Lord, we just pray continued safety as we head home or wherever you're going in just a, a few moments. But, Lord, we thank you that today was a very special day that you appointed just for us to, to be here in this moment of time, God. For these things to take place in the lives of these men and, and others who are watching right now and others who are, who are out in their seats. But God, you're doing a great work in their heart. God, you're touching their lives and you're bringing about that freedom that you desire and God, they're hungry for. It's what we want the most today, God. We choose you, Lord. We choose freedom and health and wholeness and completion and maturity, God. We choose you, Jesus. We want you. You are our desire, God. Let our heart beat for you, Jesus. God, we thank you, celebrate you, and honor you today and all that you are and all that you do. And we worship you together as we continue this time this morning in Jesus' name. Let's worship him. Sing it out, church, with all your heart. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.